Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Gardening and credit scores, like that's, the, that's, that's our thing, you know? So, yeah, again, happy Mother's Day. I just want to greet you with a poem, if I can. Uh, to the mothers with an empty womb and empty hearts and empty arms, I wish you a gentle Mother's Day. To the mothers with a full womb and anxious heart, I wish you a hopeful Mother's Day. To the mother with full arms who is running on empty, I wish you a restful Mother's Day. To the mother with a broken heart or a weary soul, I wish you a peaceful Mother's Day today. To every other mother, regardless of how you got that title, I wish for you to know how loved and valuable you are to the Father. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. So I just wanted to greet you with that today. Man, I have found through the years of pastoring and being a minister of the gospel that Mother's Day gets kind of heavy. Like it's kind of a heavy day because people come in carrying different things because to them, Mother's Day is a reminder of different things, you know, different stages of our lives. And as a minister, we've been charged. It's like one of our great responsibilities to be able to minister to everybody in the room that are, that are all in different seasons. Like, you know, I, I can't tell your story like you can tell your story. However, at the same time, you should come to church and you should find a word of encouragement and strengthening to meet you in your story. Well, being that we're all in different places and different times and different seasons, all going through different stuff, sometimes that's a really kind of heavy responsibility. But praise God for the grace of the Lord, amen, which is always sufficient. And I believe that the word, the Lord has a word for all of us today in due season. Today, I want to discuss how we grow. A lot of times you guys have probably heard us all around here. We say little slogans like, here we grow. Here we grow. If you haven't heard us say that, that means you haven't been here long enough. But it's okay. Stick around. You'll hear us say, here we grow. You know why? Because here at TBCF, we grow. Other places, you might go to the gym if you want to shrink. But here at the building, we grow. Here, we grow. Other churches, you might go to, you know, meet up and, you know, uh, strengthen the network, the business network. Maybe you're trying to, like, you know, pad your little clientele. Those, uh, there's great churches for that. But here... At TBCF, we what? We grow. So today I want to talk about how we grow. Amen? Today we're going to talk about how we grow. And uh, I want to give you a disclaimer today. And since Pastor John's not here, you know, it's fine. You guys can send in your complaint letters later. He may read it. He may not. But, you know, it's like that sometimes. I'm like, I got the mic. Okay, I want to give you a disclaimer. I have never heard a saint say, Man, I remember this one particular day, and there was this one particular message said by this one particular preacher at this one particular time that has changed my life. And I've never been the same afterwards. I've never heard anybody say that. I have never heard it. And so my disclaimer is, today, don't be looking for me to change your life forever, because it's not going to happen. So whatever pedestal you have put me on, polite me, put me down. You ever heard your mama look at you and say, put it down. Put Pastor Kaya down. Because it's not happening today. 
Okay, that's my disclaimer. You know why? Because transformation doesn't come when we decide to be a hearer of a great message. Transformation comes when we decide to be a carrier of God's message. When we decide to be a carrier of God's message. Because you know what? Even Jesus had tons of tons of people following him to hear a good message. I need you to hear me here today. And they were looking for a good message that was going to change their life forever. But the transformation only happened when they decided to be a carrier of God's message. And today, we're not going to celebrate the ladies who have carried something. We're going to celebrate all of us who is making a decision to be carriers of God's message today. Amen? John, chapter 6, verse 44 through 45. I want to read it to you. And it says this in the New King James Version. It says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Let me help you interpret that scripture today. That scripture means that though you may be smart, brother and sister, it was not your idea to pursue after God. Though you may be intelligent, and maybe you have a credit score higher than me, Let's go ahead and take that. No, no, I'm just kidding. Um, Though you may have made really great decisions in your life, you're not actually that prone or that privy to wanting to follow the Lord all on your own. Do you know it wasn't your idea? You've been set up and you've been invited by the Holy Spirit. Read the scripture again if you don't believe me. No one. What does no one mean in the Greek? No one. No one comes to me unless the father who sent me draws him. You've been drawn here today. You think you got set up or you just like, oh, I'm going to just go with mom to church, you know, you know, do the little, you know, check in, do, you know, go ahead once a year. Go ahead, mom. I'm rocking with you this Mother's Day. Look at me, mom. I'm sitting in the pew next to you. You happy? All right, girl. Happy birthday. You know, happy Mother's Day and all that, you know. It actually wasn't your idea. And so, since we've all been set up here together, Well, we might as well do what the rest of the scripture says. It says, and I will raise them, him, her up on the last day. If for the ones who has heard and learned from the father, which means the Lord has made a difference from not just them who have been called, because for those that know the scripture, because I don't have time to be putting all these scriptures down. But for those that know the scripture, it says that many are called but few are, yes, I got some Bible readers in here. Good, it's going to make it a lot easier because I didn't write all these scriptures down. Many are called, but few are chosen. You know why? Because though we are all here gathered in the room because we've been invited by the Holy Spirit, all of us will hear, but not all of us will learn. Therefore, not all of us will be raised up on the last day. And that is where the road divides And that is why today I want to talk about not just being a hearer of a good message, but being the carrier of God's message. I want us all, every single one of us, to be impregnated with the word of God. Amen. Transformation follows the invitation of the Holy Spirit. We can't help but be transformed when we respond to the Father 
and learn from him. And that's why today it's not about you choosing to come to church. You actually responded to the invitation. Have you ever heard someone say, hey, did you get my invitation? Did you get my invite? Did you get it? Did you get it? And you're thinking, yeah, I got it, but I don't want to go. So I'm trying to figure out if I should say if I got it. And so listen, all of you got the invitation. You got it. I'm so glad you guys all got it. But guess what? Those of you that are here in the room, you responded. So our worship and our gathering here today is not about us having a decision to be here. It's actually a decision to respond. And so that's why when we worship, when we raise our hands, when we do a dance, when we sing along, when we worship, when we cry, whatever it is our expression is, we are actually responding to the Lord in worship. It's all about a response. It's not about a, uh, I got here today. Y'all need to follow me. Because y'all see me making these great decisions to come to the Lord? No, I'm responding to the Lord. You ought to respond to the invitation as well. Amen? So it's God who does the beckoning of our hearts. It's the great invitation. And on the last day, he'll raise the responders who have not just heard, but learned from him. See, we can all raise our hands here in the room and say some things that we've heard. Because we all heard something. Because we're like, oh, did you hear that one? Oh, yeah, but did you hear? You know what I'm saying? You know how sometimes we like to one-up each other, but did you hear? But hold on, I heard an even juicier part, but did you hear? We can all raise our hand and we can all share things that we've heard, but not all of us can raise our hand and say things that we've learned. How do I know? Because if I try to help Judah with his math homework, I'm like, I'm sorry, I got nothing. Yes, I heard that same teaching in school. Yes, I was in class. Yes, I took that same math class, but I can't help you. Why? Because I heard, but I don't know if I learned it. I'm just saying, like, who's walking around saying E squared minus whatever, whatever? I don't need that every day. I don't, I don't, I don't need that. I, I, I need gas in my car. Like, I don't. I, no, I don't remember any of those formulas. Yeah, I've heard it, and I think I just did enough to pass, but I'm not sure if I learned it. But there are some of us here in this room that says, no, I heard that same math teaching, and I learned it. Judah needs help? I got it, because I heard and I learned. And then all of a sudden, now we place them more value. I'm like, man, can we get some tutoring? Can you schedule us in? It's the same thing in the kingdom of God. Because so many of us receive the invitation. Many are called, but few are chosen. Many of us, many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Everyone got the invite. But not everybody responded and learned from him. And that is the reason why in this scripture, he makes the difference about I've called them to not, and I'm going to raise them on the last day, those who have heard and learned. And so today our decision is, am I going to hear a good message? Kaya, change my life. Go. Action. Or am I going to learn? And I'm going to get impregnated from myself. And when this message ends, my message continues. Mm, 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 mm. On the last day, God's raising those who not just heard, but also those who has learned. Today is our chance. We've all been drawn to not just be hearers, but be doers of the Lord, of, of the word of God. We can't do something we haven't learned. How do I know? Because Pastor John and I took these dance classes, you guys. Like, we had this really great idea to take this, like, salsa. It was, like, salsa. Um, I think it was called moringa, bachata. Or is that food? I'm not really sure. So don't, 
I didn't learn it. So we did these, we learned these three types of dances. And so pastor was really proud because it was his idea to take the dance classes. So he kept telling everybody. And I was like, hey, homeboy, like, stop telling everybody. Because somebody's going to say, oh, well, hold on. You know, Brother Carlos is going to grab the and he's going to be like, go. And I'm going to be like, I, I, I can't. And so that's what happened. How do I know? Because Sarah had a, a, a party one time. And Pastor kept talking about all the dances that we learned. And guess what was happening at the party? Salsa, uh, merengue, and uh, the pachata came on. And Pastor's like smiling and looking at me on the dance floor like, ah. <laughs> it's our time. <laughs> and so what happened was I was in the same class with him and I heard the same instructor that he did. But guess what? I didn't really learn it because to me, it was just fun. It was just date night. Like, like, let's not take this too seriously. We're just having fun. It's date night. I just want to hang out. You know, I'm like, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not really trying to like become like, you know, what is it? Dancing with the stars. Like it's not, it's not that serious to me, but to him it was, it was in every preaching illustration. He found a way to talk about it in every message that he preached. He's like, you know, we're taking these dance classes and the pachata is, and I didn't learn it. And what happened was it showed that day because the only thing that stuck, I think was the pachata because it's like a one, two, three, one, two. And that's the only one I knew. And, uh, and it showed, it showed. And so that's what happens when we go around and we profess to be Christians. And do you know what a Christian means? A Christian means a follower of Christ. And we go around and just like pastor, you know, because you know, I'm a Christian, you know, I rock this cross on my neck and, uh, you know, I'm gonna pray for you. But what if someone says, okay, yeah, let's pray right now. And then they bow their head, and it's just quiet, and it's like spotlight on you. It happened to me one day at the gym. They were like, hey, aren't you a pastor? Pray for us. And everybody just, yeah. Heavenly Father, um, because I'm saying, they assume that you have not just heard, but learned. Uh, uh, So what I'm saying here today is stop having itching ears to hear a great message. Instead, have a heart that itches to receive the message and carry it today. Today, we're talking about how we grow. You know why? Because here we grow. Let me tell you the definition of a learning disability. It's a condition, that, uh, a condition giving rise to difficulties in acquiring knowledge and skills to the level expected of those of the same age, especially when not associated with a physical handicap. A learning disability basically means that you are still at a milk level when you should be at a cut the meat and chew it level because there's a difference. And then sometimes there's some of us, and I'm not going to point, out, point it out because I don't actually know who you are, but there are some of us that we, we can read one book. Like maybe you read the whole book of John and you're like, you know what, pastor? I'm ready to start my own church because, you know, I got this down. And then here comes the pachata, and the music starts playing. And it's not just about reciting something that you heard, but now it's going to have to come out as something that you've learned. (laughs) Big difference. How do I know? Because as a pastor, we still going through stuff. 
And I'm trying to figure out, wait a minute, Lord, does the blood over the doorpost of us saying, yes, Lord, we're going to lay our lives down for you and we're going to be pastors, does that mean that the death of a job or the death of a whatever passes over from us? No, you know what it means? It means you're covered. It may take you down, but it may not take you out. And so what happens is when you begin to be a carrier of the message, people now have a demonstration of what the word looks like in a life poured out. That's who we are. That's who we are, not just as pastors, but as Christians. That's who we are. The world is saying, does that mean if you're a Christian, that means that you don't even get tempted to cuss? You don't even get tempted to like block somebody on the freeway or cut somebody off? Or what does that mean exactly? They're looking for the difference between you and them. And the difference is, this is what the word looks like played out in a life laid down. And then you know what happens? It becomes an invitation for someone to pick the word up for themselves. Okay, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. But listen, does there any mamas in the room that remember these wellness baby checkups that your babies would have? Yes, I remember, especially Judah, because Judah was like the first, like, baby, you know? Like, I got JR and Jawan. They were already, like, walking and stuff and talking and feeding themselves. But when Judah came, I was like, whoa, whoa. Okay, everything was like, whoa, there's a baby here. Okay, whoa. So uh, these wellness baby checkups, you take the baby in, and the doctors would just like, did you guys ever notice like how the pediatrician like will handle the baby all these weird kind of ways because they, they, I guess, handle the babies all the time. And so this baby, this doctor would pick Judah up with one hand. He'd be like, so is he eating or is he, tell me what he's eating? And I'm like, whoa whoa, hold on. And then I remember him like rubbing the top of his head and he was feeling for that frontal lobe thing. And it seemed like he was pushing real hard. I didn't even know that the bone wasn't complete there. I'm like, there's a gap there. Like, is there supposed to be an opening on top of his head? Like, did you guys know? I don't know if, if you, there's openings there with the baby is not, is not fully, the skull's not closed. So the, the doctors come and they're filling it and they're like pushing it in. I'm like, Oh, and I'm looking at Judah like, are you, this is crazy. And what it is, is a wellness baby checkup, and they're trying to see, well, how's the closing happening, and how's his height, and how's his weight, and how, how, what's his mobility like, and what's his appetite like? And the reason why they're asking those questions is because they're comparing him to the other babies around his same age. Because if he's not growing at a certain level and at a certain pace, that means there is some sort of disability here. And one of the things that I realized is that learning disabilities are not given or diagnosed until after there's been some sort of decline. Like, hmm, he's not talking the way he's supposed to be talking. He's still using just words instead of sentences. And so those alerts bring about a concern. Like, well, let's look deeper. Is there a learning disability? But how many times do we do that here in the church? Wait, are you still using one word, like, type when there should be paragraphs? Like, are you still trying to get pastor to come and pray for your coworker? Or are you speaking in paragraphs and praying for your own coworker? Are you still looking for someone to come and notice you and say hi to you and pet you and celebrate you because you came to church? Or are you speaking in paragraphs and whole sentences and you're bringing people to church? Are you still using one words and ba-ba and na-na and poo-poo? Or are you still, are you speaking in paragraphs and you're giving your tithes? Nobody has to ask you or tell you what the word of the Lord says about tithing and 
serving and becoming a body fitly joined together. So it's like, is there a learning disability here or are you just, what, what's going on? Are you here to hear a good message or are you here to carry it? Growth is important to moms. Dads too, but today, you know, we're not, we'll talk about them in June. But growth is really important to moms, especially those of us moms that had like babies around the same age at the same time. And we're like, Lord, please let this potty training thing work out. Especially when they got older and you're like, what did you eat? What in the, who's going to change this? <laughs> and all of a sudden, and I'm not sure if any of you moms were like me. I, I was just mad. I mean, I was just mad. Like Judah, why? Why would you, Why? He's looking at me like, what? <laughs> okay, I, I can't. I didn't ask his permission about this story, but I'll never forget. There's this one time when he started when he started crawling, you guys, and I'm not sure what the thing was about taking his diaper off. But I'm in the kitchen and I'm cooking, and all of a sudden I see him with no diaper, but there's a trail of poop behind him because he done took the diaper off and he has, I guess he touched it, and now he's making a whole little pathway, a little, you know, breadcrumb trail of poop. And I was like, why? Like, why Why would you even do that? Like, what is wrong with this baby? Like, we should, how's your frontal lobe? Like, is it even closing? Like, why would you even want to even touch that? And did he eat it? I don't even know if he ate it. So I'm like, oh my gosh, growth is important. I'm like, Jesus, please let this potty training thing work out. Growth is important to moms. Because we know there's a certain, this, I can do this for a season. <laughs> but there's going to come a time. <laughs> They'd be like, go and use the bathroom, meet me in the car, I'll wait for you. Woo, I could not wait for that. I fantasized about get dressed and meet me downstairs in five minutes. Like, I, I was like, woo, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> we want our children to mature in due season. And that's why I knew how important it was for me to disciple my children in all things in due season. So discipleship is an important step that we don't want to miss, both in parenting and in stewarding in the kingdom of God. Discipleship is important. And that's why we have to be careful about receiving a little bit of knowledge and deciding, I want to start my own church. Because I know a whole paragraph. And I'm going to preach this paragraph till I close my eyes and go with Jesus. Discipleship is important because stuff arises and things come up and you need a mentor, a leader that's ahead, a little bit ahead on the trail that the Lord is leading us all on and saying, well, what am I going to do about stepping around this rock in a way that it's not going to, you know, hurt my future or hurt my children, whatever. And that's why mentorship and discipleship is important. You know why? Because here we grow and that's how we grow. And it's never a matter of if they'll grow, especially as children, I'm like, is he going to learn this? Like, is he going to stop taking his diaper off and playing in poop? Like, is that going to happen? And it's actually a matter of not a matter of if they'll grow, but it's a matter of how they'll grow. Because everything grows. It's just a matter of if it'll grow. I know my garden that I started, something's going to grow. I hope it's the fruit. But it's about how it'll grow. And that's the reason why I'm constantly checking and nurturing it and watering it and speaking. I'll be singing over it. I'm like, come on, give myself away. 
give me a tomato. Like the discipleship is important in the growth process because they will grow, but it's a matter of how they'll grow. And as a parent, I learned that just like God commanded seed to grow and produce when nurtured, so has he commanded the seed of our children. But it's all a matter of how. Millions of people all over the world, they don't know why they're born. They don't know why. They're like, why? Why am I here? Why was I born? Why was I in this family? Millions of people everywhere all over the world, they wake up every day, but they're like, why? Why did I just wake up? Why? Like, why? What's it all about? Our world is full of people who are over-opinionated and under-inspired. And it's a dangerous place to be because you know what? Most of the time they're giving those people mics and they're putting them on TV and they have social media accounts and it, it's, it's spreading. And people living life every day completely passionless and void of purpose. And one of the things I want to tell you, when we have no purpose, there's no passion. No passion no vision, no vision, no restraint. I'll say it again. No purpose, no passion, no passion, no vision. If you don't have vision, there's no restraint. Proverbs 29 and 18, it says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. When there's no revelation and no purpose, no mark to hit, no GPS system set, like no destination to reach. It's like, well, what's the point of it all? What's the point of living? Like, what's the point of waking up every day? What's the point of doing any of this? I have nowhere to be. I have no marker to meet. I have no one checking to see if my frontal lobe has closed. Like, what? Why? Romans chapter 12, verse 10 through 13, it says this, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, potential in tribulation, I'm sorry, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, disturbing, uh, distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. That's what it's about. Everything God has called us to be and to do involves one another. Do you see that? If you read it again, you'll realize that everything that the Lord has called us to be and to do, every gift that we possessed, every strength that we have, it's actually for one another. It's for his church. It's for his people. You want to know why you're just so weird and quirky and there's like, you're like, I don't even know where I fit in in most places. Guess what? It's because you're needed in God's church among his people. You're the puzzle piece that fits perfectly into what the Lord has designed. And as we grow and as we mature, we should grow in love for the saints, for God's house and for his plans. We should be growing in the word of God and growing in the fruits of the Spirit. But we can't grow in such a way by just listening to a message. The message has to actually get into us and change our heart, change our life, change our mind, change the way we speak and the way we respond to one another. And that's the difference between hearing a great message and being a carrier of the message. We should be growing in the word of God and growing in the fruits of the spirit. But all of that doesn't come because we heard a great message one day. It happens when we make a decision to be carriers of God's message. 
I know some of you may be surprised, but there are no prizes or awards for taking great notes. But there is a reward for being diligent in learning. So if you're taking notes to actually go back and review them all week, then there is a reward in store for that. But if you're taking notes to be seen by people to make it look like you're going to go and review the, the notes all week, there's actually no, there's no prize for that. It's what we decide to do with the message when we hear it. And so like most of you or like maybe two of you that do take notes, go and on Monday, you review the notes. You look up the messages, every message that was given that Sunday. You go and you look it up and you read it and you read it again. And then you read the scripture before and you figure out what context, like who was Paul, who, who was talking, who was he talking to, and why did he feel he needed to talk to them? All of a sudden, now you just took a message and now you have imparted it into yourself. And now all of a sudden, you know more of the word than you did before. And then you come back next Sunday and you're like, man, Pastor Kaya, that message you preached was so good. And you were talking about the apple tree and how the apple tree yields in due season and la, la, la. And I'm like, I never said nothing about an apple tree, but the Holy Spirit continued to teach you after the message. Why? Because you took the time to read and review the notes and the Holy Spirit's like, I got this and I got you. Because I drew you to him, not just to hear, but to learn. God wants to know, are you carrying the word or not? Are you carrying or not? Are you carrying? Pastor Raquel, are you carrying? All right. Atira, are you carrying? Brother Carlos, you carrying? Yep. Either you're carrying or or you're not. And that's what the Lord is looking at. He's looking like, is there increase? What'd you do with the talent? What'd you do? Did you bury it? Did something grow? Or did you just cast it out? Did you put it in a little locket? Like, are you carrying Let's read Matthew chapter 28, verses uh, 18, 18 through 20. I should have just put my glasses on. How about we do that? Matthew 18, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. After Jesus gave this charge, he ended it with amen. I love that. Like, he amened himself. Do you know what amen means? It means agreement. Amen means agreement, which means if you're agreeing with anything that I'm saying today, can you say amen? Amen. Amen. If you ever want to know, God, I want to do something that you're in agreement with. Let's go ahead and read chapter 28, 18 through 20 again. Because guess what? He amened himself after he gave the instructions. He's saying, if you ever want to know what I'm happy about, what I'm clapping about, what I'm in agreement about, read my word and figure out what I said amen to. Because you know why? A lot of times we're like, Lord, I just need you to be in agreement and bless this relationship that I just, you know, created. I need you to go ahead and bless this as I leave my husband and get a new one. Go, Lord, go ahead and bless this one. Lord, as I dump my wife off over here and I pick another one up around the corner, God, I just need you to bless this. Bless it, Lord. Bless it. Instead of us asking the Lord to come along and bless something we want to do, how about we get in line with what he's already blessed here today? Then we don't have to beg and ask the Lord, Lord, please give me your blessing. His blessing's already there. He already said, amen. I'm in agreement with this right here. 
Go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, making disciples. You can't make a disciple if you're not carrying. Because if you make a disciple without carrying, you're making disciples of yourself. And the last thing we need is multiple kayas walking around here. We don't want that. It's going to be dangerous for everybody. It's like everybody stay in the house. Hide your kids, hide your wife, hide everybody. There's multiple kayas out here. <laughs> to make disciples, we got to be carrying. Which means the word of God now goes from here to in here. To in here. To in here. Which means the Lord wants the word to be portable, not in a way where we can carry it in a book, but portable where we're carrying it in our hearts. And we begin to impart heart to heart, mind to mind, life to life. And all of a sudden, what happens? You get multiple carriers. And now all of a sudden, we see the word of God spreading like a fire. And what do we have? Revival. Those who were dead are alive. Those who were captive are set free because somebody decided to go from being a good hearer to a great carrier of the word of God. Amen. Let's make disciples of Jesus Christ, baptizing them. If you can't get a hold of the pastors here to baptize somebody, be like, meet me at my house at five. I'm filling up my bathtub and I'm baptizing you in the name of the father and of the son. In the name of Jesus, I'm baptizing you. You are now a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now you become a carrier. Sometimes we got to take the word into our own hands just like that. Because why? Because Jesus said amen to that. It's not always about trying to reach Pastor John or Pastor Kaya to come over here and do this and do that. When those requests are constantly coming, that means you've been constantly hearing, but you've never carried it. How many disciples have you made? How many people at your job have you invited to Christ or invited to church and then invited them to be the church? How many disciples? Have you made, how many times have you obeyed this scripture that the Lord said amen to? That's the kind of wellness baby checkup we want to do today. Why? Because this is how we grow. This is how we stop being a Christian that rocks a cross on our neck and rocks the cross in our hearts. Picks up our cross daily and follow after the Lord. That's the difference. If you want to be in agreement with Jesus, get on the same page. Start working with him instead of against him all the time. Trying to figure out what's the hidden clause of if I don't do it exactly like that, Lord, but if I do it like this, but then I pray every night. Like, let's stop scheming the Lord and stop cheapening his grace. Instead, let's start taking the word of God and just putting it in our heart and saying, Lord, Make an make a opportunity for me to be obedient in your word. I pray that every day. Lord, please create opportunities for me to do your word and obey your word. Make an opportunity. God, highlight somebody's face at the gas station or at the grocery store or at the gym for me to tell them about you. I don't want to just invite them to church. I want to invite them to be the church. I want to make them a disciple of Jesus Christ, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want them to be carriers of the message. God, I don't want the message to just stop with me. I want it to end when you say it's over. Being a carrier of God's message, of his word, Ignites a passion and a purpose for our life. All of a sudden, we now we have a why. We have a why. Like I don't know about you guys, and maybe I'm just crazy because I am 
kind of crazy. I'm an only child. It's not my fault. They should have had more kids. But every day, it's like, it's like horses in the, in the starting blocks. Like, that's how I feel sometimes. Like, the gate is closed, and I'm just like, Lord, give me an opportunity. Give me a chance. Give me, give, give me an opportunity to talk to somebody at Target, because then I'm going to say that to my husband. That's why I went to Target. I went to Target to talk to some people about Jesus. Like, I feel like a horse in the starting gate. Because why? Because I have a why. Because I have a passion. Because I have a vision. And I have restraint because I know that the word of God is being played out in my life in such a way. People are watching the reading of me and they're learning of me. And hopefully I'm leading them to him and making disciples. Whether you're carrying God's message or not, there's going to be growth in your life. But the question is, how will you grow if you don't be a carrier? Will you grow bitter? Will you grow resentful? Will you grow unforgiving? Will you grow jealous? Will you grow callous? Because you don't know the reason for what's going on in this crazy world. You're like, this world is just crazy, and you're callous to it. Like, nothing, nothing surprises you. Nothing strikes you as odd. Nothing unsettles you. You're just like, yeah, that's just, I'm just living in a world of sin. Sodom and Gomorrah, they're all going to hell. They're all, they're all going to hell, and that doesn't bother you? Your son and your daughter, they're going to hell and that doesn't bother you? Your brother, your sister who you grew up with, your mother, your father, they're turning away from the things of God and you see that there's some cultic things going on or there's some demonic or some satanic things going on and that doesn't bother you? If we don't grow in the things of God, we grow in the things that are against God because there's going to be growth. But the question is, how will you grow? So listen, I want to talk about four ways to ensure growth. Four ways to ensure good growth. Number one, grow not weary in doing good. Grow not weary in doing good. Galatians 6, 9 through 10, we all know it. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Do you see how there's like a highlight there, especially those who are of the household of faith? And the reason why that's in there is because sometimes we want to just feel good about ourselves, but we don't want to feel good about what we're doing. I'll, I'll explain that. Like, uh, you know, we'll be at Panda Express and we see like, you know, a homeless person or whatever. We're like, you know what? I think I'm going to go over there. I'm, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to give him my rice. I, I think I'm going to, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to give them my rice. And you go over there and you give them the rice and they're looking at you and you're like, there you go. I just gave you my rice. And you walk off and you're like, you know, I feel, I feel really good about myself. I'm such a giving person. Look at me. Look at, look at me. I could have ate that rice, but you know what? I did it. I gave that rice to them. Boop. I feel really good about what I did. But yet they're still lacking salvation. They know nothing about Jesus but we'd rather feel good about what ourselves instead of feeling good about what the Lord wants to do in someone else. Be not weary in doing good. Maybe because the last person you tried to share faith with, they spit in your face, or maybe they told you, get out my face, or I don't want to hear that. And then it's like, it, it changed you or something. It's like, it made you feel like you don't want to share the gospel anymore. Be not weary in doing good. That's what that scripture means. 
It's not about just, oh, I'm going to give him my taco or I'm going to give him my rice. No, be not weary in doing good. Isn't sharing the good news good? Be not weary in it. Just because you don't see increase doesn't mean that it's not happening. You know why? Because you're not the gardener. Jesus is. One waters, one, one plants, one waters, and the Lord gets the increase. You're not the gardener. It's not your garden. You just be obedient to what you're supposed to do. Be not weary in doing good. They're going to do with it whatever they're going to do with it. But guess what? That's their work. But you have a work to do to share it and to not be weary in doing good just because you don't feel like you got the right reception. Well, they didn't respond to me very well. Well, guess what? You ain't Jesus. They're supposed to respond to him because guess what? The invitation was sent from the Holy Spirit for them, not an invitation for them to come to you. Be not weary in doing good. Be not weary in sharing the good news. What does Romans say? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Doing good is a principle that comes with promise. It comes with promise. The same way God has designed the principle of seed, time, and harvest, he has also attached principle to the acts and doing good, sharing the good news. This requires you to actually spend time thinking about other people and not yourself. And I know that might be difficult. Or maybe I'm just speaking for myself. I don't know. But maybe that might be hard when you're sitting there and you're thinking, who needs a blessing? Who can I do good for? Hmm. It's like you're going through this catalog or maybe in your prayer time. Lord, who, who needs something right now? How can I bless somebody right now? Who can I share the gospel with? Well, now you're spending time thinking about other people. Hmm, this must be God. I hope y'all listening here today. Be not weary in doing good. God designed all of us with all of us in mind. You're welcome. You can tweet that. I'll go ahead and say it again so you can write it down. God designed all of us with all of us in mind. He designed me with all of you in mind. And he designed you with all of us in mind. Why? Because there's a part that we all play in each other's lives. Today, I'm here sharing the gospel. One day, it may be you. You know why? Because God designed all of us with all of us in mind. Because we're all a body fitly joined together, each one supplying the other with what they need. And that's why your study time is important. Your prayer time is important. Your obedience is important. Because when it's your turn to give, when it's your turn to serve, I pray you have something to give that you received from the Father. But that requires a personal work for you to do on your own. And this is how and why we grow. It's for one another. Be not weary in doing well. Number two, grow in love for one another. Grow in love for one another. First Thessalonians 3, 12 through 13, it says this, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you, <clears throat> so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all the saints. As we begin to grow in the things of God, we begin to grow in love for one another. Instead of saying that church, you start to say my church. Instead of saying that preacher, you start to say my pastor. Love makes allowances and sacrifices for one another. You guys, my daughter decided to do club volleyball this year. And I don't know, some of you may be like sports parents, but I was brand new. Like I felt like I got like jumped in. Like I wasn't like all the way ready. Um, 
at all. Um, and so she did the club volleyball, and so we all prayed as a family. We're like, okay, we're going to do this. Heaven, you're going to do this. You're going to give it your all, right? And she's like, yes. I'm like, okay, well, we're all in, you know? And then the season started, and I'm like, whoa, okay, so we got to be uh, where? Uh, what? Like two and a half hours away by 7 a.m. in the morning? Okay, so that means we have to wake up at, okay? And then that, oh, and I got to make the pasta salad for everybody. Okay, and I got to, okay, and I got to bring the little sandwiches in individual baggies for everybody. And I'm like, what did we just do? <laughs> but love, but love, because you guys, I, I asked myself, wait, why are we doing this again? Oh, right, because we love heaven. Okay, <laughs> right, okay, I forgot, okay. Love. Love make allowances for one another. It's the reason why we sacrifice for one another. And the Lord knows that the sacrifices and the allowances won't really be real until the love becomes real. When you stop sitting in the seats just being a hearer, a hearer and deciding to be a carrier, starting to be involved, your lives are starting to connect one to another. Our lives are intertwined. And all of a sudden, here comes the love and the sacrifice. And you're thinking, is this the same church that I was attending two years as just a spectator? I can't even believe this is the same church. You know why? Because it looks different on the inside, inside. It looks different on the inside, inside. Because when you're on the outside, you see all the flaws. You're like, ain't nobody, where's the greeters at? Ain't no greeters didn't even greet me. But did I get a cookie? Where's my cookie? Like, what is going on with this church? And where's all the people? Where they at? What's going on with the worship team? Why y'all ain't got no more singers? What's going on? Y'all, ain't nobody, can't nobody sing up in here? It looks different when you're on the outside. But when you're on the inside, inside, it's like, woo! Those two singers was bringing it. Go ahead, yeah! They sang my song today. They sang my song today. It looks different when you're on the inside, inside. And yeah, I know it looks crazy on the outside, outside. You know how I know? Because this church looks crazy on the outside, outside. I mean, just stand in the parking lot, look at it. It's like, what kind of, this is a church? What is going on here? But then when you came on the inside, you're like, oh, this actually is a church. Wow. Everything looks different on the inside, inside. Which is why you're constantly invited to get connected because we know the change and the transformation and the love won't ever happen unless you come into the inside inside love makes allowances and sacrifices for one another love doesn't look for an excuse to not sacrifice instead it searches the far corners of our hearts and pocketbooks and our calendars to make room and to find space for things like growth groups. It's like, okay, whew, I live in an apartment, but I'm going to go ahead and grow and lead this growth group. All right, here we go. I can take four people. Four, yeah, four people in my studio apartment for growth group. But love looks for ways to make allowances and sacrifices. Even when your situation is not perfect, even when you feel like, gosh, this is all I have to bring, people may not like my house or people may not like my apartment. You know what? The little drummer poor boy didn't think of that when he played for Jesus. When everybody was bringing this and bringing that, and he's like, well, all I got is my drum. It's one of my favorite stories, you guys, especially when JR was little. It was so cute, you guys. Every Christmas, I would sing Little Drummer Boy, and JR, he was so cute because he was the Little Drummer Boy, you guys. And he would play, and I'd say, uh, come, they told me, but I'm bum bum He'd go, bum I was like, look at him. Look at him. Look at him being the drummer boy. Okay, that was random. But anyway. The little drummer boy, he gave what he had. And the increase only comes when you offer what you do have to the Father. Because you know why? He blesses it. And there's increase. 
Look at JR. He used to only play the drums. Now he plays everything and does everything around here. This guy can't even miss a Sunday because we're like, we can't. We can't. If JR doesn't come, we can't. We can't. We can't have church. God blesses little drummer boy spirits. So it doesn't matter what your apartment or your house or your whatever looks like. Offer it up to the Lord. Allow him to bless it and bring increase into your life because it's how we grow. That's what happens when you stop hearing, being a hearer of what's going on in growth groups and starts being a doer. I'm going to be a part of growth groups. I'm going to be on the inside, inside. Let me say, my growth group's about to be all that and a bag of chips. Why? Because it's your growth group. That's why you think it's going to be amazing. But that's fine. Bless your heart. Go ahead. Do it. Be great. Don't let us hold you back. When we grow in love for one another, we make room. We make room at our tables and our living rooms and our weekly schedules and our work schedule. That's how we know we're growing in love for one another. Amen? Number three, we grow in grace and knowledge of God's word. We grow in the grace and knowledge of God's word. Second Peter chapter 3, 16 through 18, it says this. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction. Woo, I got to read that again, y'all. Sorry, hold on. Okay. Uh, some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. Wow. You, therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Peter is urging us to grow in our understanding of the word of God. You know why? Because Peter knows that there's rooms full of hearers, but not learners. And those hearers, instead of actually learning, they'll tell you why that's not true or why you don't have to do that part. Or the Lord doesn't really care about that right now. That was back in the day of sandals. But this is not the day of sandals. God doesn't care about that. It doesn't matter if it was the day of sandals because, you know, you're saying Jesus wore sandals. Y'all get it? Some of y'all look confused. Catch up. Keep up, y'all. The day of sandals is like the Old Testament, you know, like sandals. Okay, what? But... Now, the word of the Lord is true in all seasons, no matter if it's the day of the sandals or the day of the high hills or the day of the timberlands. The word of the Lord is still true and it's still the same. It's infallible. Amen. And so people who have, are unlearned, what did Peter say? He said pe- people who are untaught and unstable they twist the word to their own destruction. But, they don't, but it's not just that they twist it to their own destruction. They want to pull you in too because they want company as they go down. It's like let's party like it's 1999 as we all go to hell. Like why you can't just party by yourself? Like no, they want to invite everybody. So Peter is saying grow in your understanding of the word because if you don't, the way, same way they twist the word, they'll make you begin to twist the word. He mentions how untaught and unstable people twist the word of God all because they don't understand it or don't know how to apply it. And why don't they know? Because they aren't connected to a body where all the gifts are flowing together to will and to do God's good pleasure. I don't know about you guys, but when I connect with your lives and I'm sitting in your living room or I'm sitting in your kitchens or even like our sister church, FBC, we'll go over there and we'll like see how they live every day. It's like it sharpens, 
it's like it sharpens something in me. It sharpens my conviction to live for the Lord with fervor when I surround myself with communities, bodies of people who live for the Lord every single day of their life. Yes, I know that we can't be separated from the world because we're in the world. We got to be at work. We got to be with the crazy people, you know, next door. I don't know what your neighbors are like, but I'm just saying, like, we got to be with them. But it's important that we spend time with our holy community because it sharpens our conviction to not just make a decision to be a hearer, but to be a carrier of the word of God. And it's like, and that's what it looks like. The Lord has called us to be together so that we won't get caught up in the snare of the people who twist the word and are unstable. Amen? So we have to grow in our knowledge and understanding of the word of God. Okay, number four, grow to be just like him. Grow up to be just like him. Ephesians 4.15, it says, Speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. May grow up in all things into him. You grow up to be just like him. Same attributes, same desires, same thoughts, same way of connecting with other people. As you begin to continue to grow in the things of God, you begin to be just like the one who called you. You begin to be just like the one who called you and beckoned you in. In each area you grow in, there'll be more and more times that you look just like your father. And I'm not sure if maybe family members come from out of town with you guys, but if they haven't seen us in a while and they'll see heaven, they'll be like, dang, she looks just like her mama. She looks just like her, not just the way she looks, but like her mannerisms, like how she does that. Kaya does that. Or Judah or JR or Juwan, when they do things, it's like, gosh, he's getting, he's just more and more like his father every day. I know I notice it for myself. Like, every day, I'm like, am I Mama Betty? No, no, I'm Kaya. Okay, I'm Kaya. But every day, I feel more and more things that I'm doing like her. And as we grow in the things of God, it's the same way. Every day, we should be more and more like him. The longer we're here around each other, the more we're doing life together, the more we grow up to be just like him. Ephesians chapter 3, I'm going to get ready to close. Ephesians chapter 3, 17 through 19, it says this, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. But that happens when you are grounded in love with the saints, which means there's a tribe of people that you've been called to. And it's as you grow together, you begin to to sharpen one another. You begin to encourage one another. You teach one another. You remind one another. I don't know how many times I've been out there, y'all. I'll do something and somebody will say, well, you know, like you said in that one sermon that you said back in 1990-whatever, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I don't even remember all the things that I've preached. But you do. You remember examples that I've given. You remember analogies that I've given. And you'll say, yeah, just like that one time when Judah, whatever, and Judah, Judah, spirit, poop all over the, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's good for us to have and do life with each other because When the bait comes, the temptation that comes to fall away, 
or to just be like the crazy world because sometimes you get tired of pushing against it. And maybe sometimes you want to just go with the flow and do the whole lazy river thing. But when you're encamped with community, with holy community, they remind you of who you are. And they tell you, that's not you. You don't want that. That won't fill you. That won't satisfy you. But if you're not connected with people and you fall away and you're trying to figure out, why didn't anybody care? Why didn't anybody care that I feel swallowed up in depression? Why don't anybody care that I'm over here grasping for a word because I just need to be encouraged right now? Why don't anybody care that I'm sinking? Maybe it's because you're not rooted and grounded in love. Maybe because you just are on the outside and you're talking about what it looks like on the outside and what the church needs. You know what the church needs to do today? You know what they need to preach? You know what they should be saying? But when you're on the inside, inside, when you're on the inside, inside, you grow. You grow. Because there's times you wake up on a Sunday morning or on a Monday or on a Tuesday or on a Wednesday or on a Thursday or on a Friday and on a Saturday and you're like, and I don't, I just don't feel like it. But I already told Liz that I'd be there. You know what I want to do? You know, I want, you know, you know what I want to do? I'm just, I want to do something ungodly. But I'm going to meet Pastor Raquel later, so I guess I better not. There's something about when we decide to be grounded with each other. Because it's like, if I'm holding you on this side and I'm holding somebody else on that side and I decide I want to just break out and just, I can't. Because the restraint of God's holy community has kept me. It keeps me in my hardest and my most troubling seasons when I feel like this is so hard, like I don't even know how I'm going to get through it. When it feels like, I feel like my knees are going to fall underneath me because I can't stand under the pressure right now. But somebody's holding me on this side and somebody's holding me on this side and then all of a sudden find out I'm not even holding myself up. It's the body. The body is upholding me. This is why the Lord designed his church. But you don't know it until you need it and you see it work in your life. You don't know it when you're just hearing it, like a commercial that you hear on TV at the Super Bowl. You don't know it when you just hear it on the radio. No, when you feel it, when you're on the inside, inside. And the devil comes to shift you as wheat. And someone's holding you on your left and someone's holding you on your right. You're like, this is why God's designed his church. Because I would have fallen away if it had not been for God's church, if it had not been for the garden that God is growing here at TBCF, how we're rooted in the soil together and I can't jump out the ground if I wanted to on my own because somebody's going to pull me back and be like, you got this. Let's continue on to the end and see what the end's going to be like. That's what happens when we're grounded and rooted in love for one another. And this is how we grow. And this is what it looks like when we grow up together. Do you want to know what God's desire is for your life? What fruit or outcome he anticipates to behold in your story? Almost like a, a, a doting uh, parent. 
that looks like a child that's been born for the first time. I love freshly born babies because you're like, I wonder what their story's gonna be. But you know, the Lord looks at us in that way, but he knows what your story's gonna be. And it looks like Ephesians 3, 17 through 19. It means being rooted and grounded in love and comprehending with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height and to know the love of God which passes all understanding that you may be filled with the fullness of God which means when you lose your job you're still full of the fullness of God when your baby is sick and you don't even know what they're gonna make it you're still full with the fullness of God when you begin to feel like wait I feel like I'm being deceptive I'm in deception I feel like someone's trying to trick me I feel like something's going on but all of a sudden you know the height and the depths and the length and you comprehend the full knowledge of the Lord and you'll say wait a minute if he didn't leave me then he's not going to leave me now I'm rooted and I'm grounded in love because I'm on the inside inside and this is it when we're able to comprehend and know and experience the love of God in such a way that it fills us with purpose and zeal even in our hardest moments even in our hardest seasons, God's still growing something beautiful. You're like, I don't even know where that flower came from. I didn't plant it. And God says, I planted it next to you because I knew there was going to come a time where you were going to have to look off to the left and be encouraged by what I got growing up on this side of you. And that's what holy community is all about. But you can't accomplish, accomplish this without the help of a holy community. You can't accomplish this by yourself. And I know, because I know, because I know, there's some introverts in the room that says, no, no, I can have a really great life by myself. I know. Trust me, brother. Trust me, sister. I know you feel that way. But it's not true. It's a lie. We need each other. We need each other. Even when the times where you're like, I just want to close the door and close all the blinds and I hope everybody forgets that I'm even alive. Like, don't call me because then I got to look at the phone and be like, we need each other. And God has planted a beautiful flower alongside of you to encourage you in some of your darkest and hardest seasons because God designed all of us with all of us in mind. So I want to call up the elders real quick. Bella, can you take over for Tira? I want to call up all the elders. I want you to come up here if you can. Jenny, if you want to just send Lionel up in your stead, that's fine. But I want all the elders to come up here. I also want the deacons who are here today. Whatever deacons that we have here today, I want you to come up here. Come up here. Come up here. Brother Carlos, can you stand like up back in the corner and take over for our security team? Because some of them don't want to leave because they're like, oh, I got to make sure everything's safe. You know what I'm saying? Top flight security. Brother Carlos has got it. Y'all got it. He's got it. Deacons, can you come up here? Whatever deacons we have here today. I want you to come up here. I want you to stand behind me. I want you to stand behind me here in a straight line, just all mixed together. Elder don't need to stand next to an elder. Deacon don't need to stand next to a deacon. Just all mix in. Just all mix in. I want to tell you guys something. Every gift that God has ever given us is for other people, and it's not for ourselves. I know you think that the gift is supposed to be something that you wear like a really costly perfume. 
And then everybody looks at you and be like, oh, wow, look at how amazing they are because they have this gift. But it's actually not for that. It's to edify and to perfect God's church. And um, I want to let you guys know something. Our plan was to maybe next Sunday have Pastor John and myself come up here and give you guys an update on what's going on. But because we're not in control, God's in control, that didn't happen. But Pastor John is actually en route to have an emergency heart transplant. He's been in the hospital for the past, like, uh, this is like, I think this is the second day. And more than anything, his heart is to be here with you. But you know what happens when you decide to be a carrier of the message? The growth doesn't stop because we're not here. It continues on when you're a carrier of the message. And I'm thankful for the gifts that the Lord has placed in the Building Christian Fellowship. And I want to thank every single one of you for your yes. I can't look at you guys because I don't want to get emotional. I just want to thank every single one of you guys for your yes. Because this is the government of our church. And I'm going to let you know something, that God's church is alive and God's church is going to go on and God's church is going to continue to grow and be strong because of your yes. And so my charge to all of you My charge to all of you, be a carrier of the message. Pastor John and I won't be here for the next three, three and a half months because after he gets the heart transplant, they want to keep him for three months to make sure that the body doesn't reject the heart. So we have to stay at Stanford. But I am confident that the work that the Lord has started, that he is faithful and just to continue that work, whether I am here or not. But you got to make a decision to be a carrier of the message because there's people that has never stepped foot in this church and this church doors need to be open because you're opening in them. And there's people that are need to be taught, that need to be edified, that need to be grounded in the word of God. And they need to hear you preaching and teaching the word. How will they hear unless someone be sent? Your study time, your personal prayer time, it's important. Don't slack off. Don't slack off. Don't be weary in doing good. Don't be weary in being diligent and steadfast in the things of God. Because there's people that need you to be faithful in the things of God. This is the turn of a new season. And with every season, it just looks different. It looks different. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's like a, the tree is bare and you're like, will the leaves ever come back? But when you know the Lord like I know the Lord, you're like, he's about to do something amazing. God's about to do something amazing. 
And I just want to tell you, Pastor John's heart is broken. Well, you know. Pastor heart is broken that he can't be here with you to hug you. But because we're not in control and we don't make the timeline, we think we did. I mean, we had everything planned out, you guys. I mean, we had things planned out and, and God was like, nope. And that really broke his heart because he's like, I want to hug you. I want to see you. He wants to kiss his kids, but he hasn't got a chance to see his kids and say goodbye to his kids. But not only am I confident in the hands that I'm leaving my kids, I'm confident in the hands that we're leaving God's church. Yeah. And so I want to tell you, if maybe you're one of those people, you're like that church and that pastor and that minister, change your language. My church, my pastors, my ministers, my worship, the place where I worship. This is my church. You see something that's out of order? Guess what? Guess whose church it is? It's yours. Why didn't you pick it up? I, I tell it to my kids all the time. Like, what, are you just going to walk around? This? this is your house. Take authority and ownership. You're not a renter of the vision. You're an owner of the vision today. Be carriers of this message today. And so if you guys don't mind, reach your hands to these pillars. Reach your hand to these pillars as we pray strength and steadfastness, fastness, that they don't lose heart. Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you, Father, for who you are. God, we say right now, God, that we trust you more than we trust ourselves. We trust you more than we trust what we see. We trust you more than we trust our capabilities and the things that we think that we can do. And because we trust you, Good Shepherd, we follow you into this season right now. God, we thank you, Lord God, that though it may be uncertain to us, God, it's exactly what you have already planned and had in store. So God, we say we trust you to be the Good Shepherd, to lead us beside steel waters, to lead us through green pastures, to lead us to places of rest and places of strengthening. God, I pray right now, God, that you're strengthening every heart that's here today. I thank you for our deacons and our elders and the government of this church. I thank you, Lord God, that it was your idea to establish government. And so because of that, because of something that you said amen to, oh Father, we thank you, Lord God, that we're placing your vision in their hands. God, I pray right now, God, for provision over their lives. I pray for favor in their lives right now in the name of Jesus. I pray right now, God, that they'll be courageous and of good courage, oh God. I pray right now, God, that they won't be uh, stand in fear, but instead they will stand in faith. God, I pray right now, God, for visions and dreams. I pray, God, for deeper revelation in their times of study. God, I pray right now, God, that not only will they be blessed, but their children are going to be blessed. God, I pray, God, that their children will encourage and uh, prophesy over them, oh God. I pray that. Yeah, I believe that. Right now, in the name of Jesus, that there's an inner strengthening that's happened, happening with every single one of them. And God, I pray right now, God, for this body of believers, that they will continue to pour into these people. They'll encourage them and not discourage them. They'll, uh, they'll uh, encourage them and not challenge them. I pray right now, God, for a spirit of unity to rest in this place like never before. God, make us one body the same way you've prayed. You, God, you say, God, make them one as we are one. We pray a spirit of unity 
in this place like never before. God, I pray right now, God, that living room, uh, living room doors and living room tables are opening up, God, that the body will begin to commune with one another and fellowship with one another and grow together. God, I pray right now, God, that there'll be Bible studies and prayer time, God. And I pray, God, that you ignite it and multiply it right now in the name of Jesus. God, we say we trust your good work. We trust your timing. And we trust where you are leading us. And we are thankful, Lord, the same way that the work and the message didn't stop. When, you, when, when Jesus said it was finished, it had just begun for us. So God, I pray for that same anointing, that the work will continue on, that the discipleship will continue on, that the church will grow daily in their homes and in the sanctuary. God, we thank you for all this. We believe you for it right now. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4 and 16, it says, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself. Really quickly, can you guys just put arms around each other? Just link arms. Like, just link arms. Just link arms. Make sure everybody's held. You guys make sure y'all don't drop Jenny. Yep. Link arms. Link arms. What happens is, this is a picture of who we are, you guys. We're a body. And we're fitly joined together. And so when the attack comes on Reuben, and the enemy comes to shift him as wheat, He can't fall because they're fitly joined together. And when the enemy comes to shake Raquel's confidence and tell her she can't do it, and she doesn't know enough, and she doesn't have enough experience, she doesn't have enough fervor, she can't be shaken because they're fitly joined together. When the enemy tells Erica, you don't have enough time, you don't have enough Strength, you don't have enough knowledge, just let JR do it. <laughs> the enemy won't win because they're fitly joined together. And this is a picture of all of us. We need to be fitly, not joined, but fitly joined together. I mean, it's a perfect fit. I mean, they're locked in such a way that the enemy doesn't have a foothold in here. doesn't matter where he tries to pry. He might try to pry at your marriage. He might try to pry at your health. He might try to pry at your manhood. He might try to pry in your confidence, but they're so fitly. You don't know when one ends and the other one begins. You don't even know. And that was God's design. But this is also the picture of you. If your life hasn't been fitly joined to God's church, I'm sorry, brother and sister, the enemy desires to shift you as wheat. And he's looking for a place, a foothold. But guess what? There is a perfect fit for you to link on and be just as protected as we all are. When Pastor John and I come back, 
I want you guys to blow our socks off. I want you to surprise us at what has grown here. When we come back, I want to hear your prayer language different. I want to hear that your study time is different. I want to hear that your courage to share the gospel of Jesus Christ is different. We talked about how we grow. So let me remind you that here we grow. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Amen. 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 Can you guys just lift up a hallelujah for that word today? Please remember to keep Pastor John in your prayers. We'll continue to, um, I'll be with him wherever he's at. That's, that's, that's where I'm assigned. So I'll be with him and I'm not going to be worried about y'all, but I will be worried about y'all when I get back. Like, what have you done with the talent that I gave you? Did you bury it? Did you grow it? Did you throw it? What did you do with the word that I gave you? Amen. God is well able. And though I hate to leave you today, I know that the Lord has something special for you the same way he has something special for me. This season is for me the same way this season is for you. And God is capable. Amen. Maybe somebody's in here today and they're like, you know what? I'm done being a hearer. God is calling you to the dance floor today. Remember that analogy I told you about Pastor John standing in the middle of the floor and he's like, I need you to picture Jesus here at the altar. Come on. It's time to dance. If you're ready to be a carrier, if you're saying, you know what, I'm all in. And let me tell you the reason why I'm doing the altar call like this is because we're going to hold each other accountable to remind you of what your decision was today. If there's anybody here today that wants to be a carrier of the message that says, you know what, I'm ready to go higher. I've been a spectator, but now I'm ready to be a player. I've been on the bench, but now I'm ready to be in the field. I want you to meet me here at the altar. Maybe you're ready to be a carrier of the word in salvation. Maybe before you're just like, I'm just hanging on to mom and dad's salvation. Maybe you want to receive the Lord for yourself. I'm calling you to the front today. Maybe you're ready to get connected and you're like, you know what? I'm going to come up so that I can be accountable so one of the elders or one of the deacons can grab me and tell me how I can be connected and help and remind me to be accountable to the things of God. If so, this altar call is for you. I want to call you up front wherever you are. Come right now. Don't start thinking about it. Don't start doubting it. Don't start letting the enemy tell you not you, not now. Come on up, whoever you are. Yes, sister, come on. Whoever you are, come up. This is your time. This is an important time. This has been commissioned for you for right now. This is your time, whoever you are. Who are, is there someone else today? Come on up, whoever, who it is, amen. Who, el- who else is there today? Who else is ready? Who else is ready? Ready to be a carrier, who's ready? Anybody else ready? Come on, this is your time. Perfect timing, perfect timing. He's on the dance floor. He's saying, come on, let's go, let's dance. Amen, come on up, come on up. Yep, yep, praise the Lord. Come on up, whoever else. There's time and there's room. This is an important season. This is a change of season. So if there's ever a time to catch, step in, now's the perfect time in this change of season. Who else is here? Who else wants to come on up? 
Anyone else? Heavenly Father, I thank you for every heart that's here right now. I thank you, Father God, for the way that you called them, the way that you formed them. I thank you, Father, for every experience and every decision that's led them to this moment. God, I pray right now, God, that this is not about them being seen by men, but this is them being touched by you. Touch their heart right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that this church will never be the same because they have decided to give you their yes. Touch their heart right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray, God, that you strengthen their hands, you strengthen their heart, you strengthen their mind, Lord God, to be able to give a reasonable and acceptable sacrifice unto you, God. I pray right now, God, that no longer will they uh, contemplate on, on, on what to give you, but instead they'll say, God, what else can I give unto you? God, I thank you, Lord God, that as they lay their lives down, the saints will be there to dust them off, to pick them up, and to edify them in the word of God. God, I thank you right now, God, for the decision to be a carrier of your word. Ignite their heart. Ignite their prayer time right now in the name of Jesus. I pray right now, God, that you bring men and women across their path to be changed and transformed by your word and by your spirit. God, we pray right now, God, that they have been commissioned to be a disciple of you. Thank you, Jesus, for this time and this season of growth, Lord God, that you have planned for them. I pray right now, God, that everything that's supposed to fall off will fall off of them. I thank you, Father, that you strengthen them for the pruning process. I just hear the Lord saying that. Strengthen them for the pruning process because it may not look like what they thought it was supposed to look like, but strengthen them for the pruning process for our perfecting growth can happen in their life. I thank you, Father, for their families, for their children, for their marriages, Lord God, that is blessed and strengthened right now, God. We thank you for who you are and for what you're doing. I need an elder or a, um, a elder or a deacon to come and stand next to every woman or man because that is a sign of the accountability that they have here right now. And I thank you that there's going to be a conversation after this on how to get connected, how to stay connected, and how to continue to grow. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time of ministry. God, I pray right now, God, that we won't just take this this word and just uh, hold it in our hand, but instead, God, we're going to hide it in our hearts. God, I pray, Lord, not only will we not sin against you, but God, no longer will we be timid to follow after you. God, I pray, God, that we'll take hold of the gospel plow with both hands. Let this message resonate in our spirit and in our hearts. God, we want to be changed. We want to be whole. We want to be new, God. We want to be just like the one who called us. So thank you, Father, for this time of strengthening. God, we thank you, Father, for what you're doing in every single one of us. And we thank you for what you're doing in this church. We also pray right now, God, that your healing virtue is in Pastor John's hospital room right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, that you're meeting him where he's at. I thank you, Father, for a spirit of encouragement right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you send forth, Lord God, an encourager across his path, whether it be a nurse or whether it just be somebody that passed by the door. God, I pray, God, that you to deliver a word of encouragement to him right now in the name of Jesus that will meet him where he's at. God, I pray, God, that you remind him that you've never dropped him, you've never failed him, and you won't start now. So God, thank you, Lord God, for the finish and the complete work that you have planned for him. God, we say yes and amen to your works. We pray right now, God, we actually ask that you anoint every doctor's hands right now in the name of Jesus. God, that you take out the old heart and you give him a new heart. Thank you, Lord, for a new heart. Thank you for a new heart in the name of Jesus. 
I pray God for a supernatural time of strengthening, a supernatural healing and process. I thank you right now, God, that you're bringing people across this path that he can minister to. Thank you, God, for opening up the doors of opportunity so that he can share the gospel. God, you know that he's never more happier when he's connecting with someone and connecting and giving somebody the, 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 the word of God. So God, bring those opportunities across his path as well. So God, we just say we thank you for today. We thank you for what we're what you're doing and what you're doing in us. We pray all this. We believe all this in the awesome and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us online and in person. Happy Mother's Day. Go with God.